Welcome to the Hannibal Files, a Strange Harbors podcast. This is a weekly discussion of Brian Fuller's serial killer drama Hannibal, which is now streaming on Netflix. Tonight, we will be talking about episodes 11 and 12 of the second season, titled Konomono and Tomewan, respectively. Tonight, I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. All right. So, I mean, we should get right into it. I think at this point, the titles don't really tie into the actual themes of the episode anymore. We had a couple of ones that were pretty uh, on the nose. The one with uh, Beverly's death, mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but I think these two are just the last courses of like the Kaiseki meal. And I don't know. I don't think there's any correlation between the episode titles and the actual occurrences in the episode, right? So, Do you know what Konomono um, is and what Tomewan is? Konomono is seasonal pickled vegetables. And then Tomewan is a miso-based vegetable soup. Yeah. I mean, I think Ryan Fuller said, like, they don't always... Or he's never really intended for them to match, right? What's happening in the show. Sometimes it's just coincidence, but... I mean, it sounds delicious, but yeah. This is the end of the... Well, I guess the first Mason Verger, Margot Verger arc. And it's the setup for the second season finale, which we will discuss next week, right? Mm -hmm. Mono, uh... This has one of the most stomach-churning violations of a person I've ever seen on, like, a network television show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, like, what Mason does to Margot is just absolutely despicable. It's terrible. It's horrific. It's every negative adjective you can think of. <laughs> they don't show anything. But no. No, they don't. It's it's completely implied, and you understand what's going on, and mm-hmm. like you said, we'll we'll get there. But even then, the show kind of well, it doesn't start with it. But Mason has that little incident with the kid, right, where he like tells the kid that he t- <laughs> his mother can't have him anymore. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Just specifically so he could take a tear from this kid. It's like this guy's fucked up to the you know the tenth degree or whatever you want to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, how the show starts is, is uh, Will and, and Hannibal, right? I've noticed, I mean, when I was taking my notes for these two episodes, it seems like every other scene was just back to Will and Hannibal. So I think that's the point where we've gotten to, in the season, right? Where it's just, it's kind of forgotten everybody else in a sense. And, and it just really like the focus is Will and Hannibal and they're growing this relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like this beginning scene where they're eating the, the baby chicks or whatever you want to call them. Oh, the Ortolan buntings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I those look both delicious, but I don't know if I would eat them. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like you're eating... Yeah, because like, you have to eat them. You, they're birds, right? They're like baby birds, and you eat them whole, like the head and the beak and everything, and, right? And the wolves like bo- bones and all, and like, yeah, bones and all. Bones and, and all. you hear the crunching when they're eating it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing. So yeah. like, what they say is true, too. Like you're supposed to cover your your face like you're you're supposed to like blindfold yourself uh out of shame so like when you eat it you don't offend god or whatever what they say in the show is pretty much true so um i personally have not (laughs) eaten this i don't know many people who have but uh um apparently it's a delicacy so but yeah they're they're talking they're enjoying their meal they're talking about freddie lounge right because last episode will quote unquote kills freddie lounds right and they're talking about it and then quickly kind of cuts to 
this parking attendant. He's at the base of this ramp and he, he sees something, he hears something. And then what comes racing down the parking ramp is this body that's been set on fire and it's just racing down down the, the parking ramp. And that's how our episode starts. <laughs> in a wheelchair. Yeah, in a wheelchair. Yes, um, in a wheelchair. And uh, so I, I want to go back to Will and Hannibal having dinner because Hannibal says like, a low heart rate is a true indicator of one's capacity for violence. One might say you're genetically predisposed to it, right? Um, so, like, they're bonding over, I guess, Will's newfound capacity for <laughs> serial killing, mm-hmm. I guess. But, like, I have to ask you guys, like, what do you think? Do you think Hannibal actually truly believes that Will has turned to the dark side? Or, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the show wants us to believe that he does. mm the show hasn't shown that like Hannibal is in any way trying to conspire against Will like he has in the past. Mm. I feel like he's trying to work the best he can with Will now at this point. So yeah, I, I think the show wants us to believe that Hannibal does at this point think that uh, Will has, has turned. Okay. I mean, I, I just wanted to see what you guys thought. But yeah, I, I do think he doesn't show any suspicion otherwise, right? So, but it does... I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious that Will is pulling a fast one here, but like, and like Hannibal's always portrayed as being so smart and like so careful about who he trusts and and like his deductive skills, I guess. So it seems a little incredulous that he would just so easily buy that Will has killed uh, Freddie Lowndes, but I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's no reason to for him to doubt that, right? So yeah. I think Hannibal is, you know, still human, and he's prone uh, to the same weaknesses as uh, other other people. And uh, you know, he wants this so badly to be true that he's willing to maybe believe something that maybe he knows he shouldn't. Uh, but so, getting back to the burning body, I mean, at first I thought this was again just going to be a killer of the week kind of situation. I mean, when you first see that, you're just like, oh, okay, it's a person that burns bodies and sends them down ramps and wheelchairs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But then we quickly realize that it isn't, right? It's it's supposed to be the body of Freddie Lowndes. I want to see a serial killer <laughs> that does that. They just kill people and like set them on fire and roll them down ramps. The Just like freeway ramps, parking lot ramps. <laughs> it was a nice surprise for me, right? To, to figure out like, okay, this, this actually ties into what we've already been privy to right with that it it all kind of comes full circle especially with last week's episode mm-hmm. and so like they say you know hey the, t- the teeth that they find on this particular uh body matches freddie lounge and they talk about a portion of her back being cut off by a hunting knife so that that in turn uh, relates back to last episode right where will presents hannibal with that piece of meat that that's been cut off yeah. of the corpse um so if we don't think that Freddie Lance is actually dead. Then is this um, what's his name's body? Randall Tear. Yeah, Randall Tear's body. No, because it's not missing the. No, I don't know because not- it has to be. It has to be like some cadaver that Will got from working with Jack, right? That makes sense. Because yeah. because you can't pass a male body like that off as Freddie Lance. There's yeah. no way. It's definitely not Randall Tear. It's uh. He's got to be working with Jack on this, I think. Yeah, right. So that, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and that Jack would supply him with the bodies. And then if Jack is also working with his underlings, he would 
just tell them to say like it's Freddie Lowndes. Yeah, I guess Jack is like in for a penny, in for a pound now, right? He's uh, they're not hunting. Sorry, they're fishing. So <laughs> they're fishing. Yeah, but yeah. So it's it's interesting. Like if if that's what you believe now, like this is you know it seems like the whole team's in on this now, right? Like everybody's got to be in on this. Not just even Jack and Will because Price mm-hmm. and Zeller are there, and they're the ones doing the autopsy. I mean, so. I don't know if we actually jumped the gun on, like, saying that Freddy Lowndes was still alive at the end of the last episode. Because a lot of people are watching this for the, for the first time, right? So, like... When I was talking about it last episode, hopefully that it wasn't Yeah, we were, we're all talking about it, yeah, but... I mean, yeah. that's... Well, last week we were talking about it, it's just more like... I feel like the show was trying to lead us in that direction, and it didn't convince mm-hmm. me. And I'm still working off of that right, kind of hypothesis right. that... Well, if I don't believe Freddie Lanz is dead, which I still don't, then everyone has to be involved at this point, right? It, it tips me off that like, well, okay, then Jack is involved, right? Then Price and Zeller must be involved, mm-hmm. right? That it's not just Will that concoct this plan to try to catch Hannibal. They must all have to be working together. So when you guys watched for the first time, did you guys think that Freddie was dead? No, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Freddie was never, dead. You, were ne- you never bought it. No. Just because I think the show has done this plenty of times now where it's starting to become almost like a pattern like if you don't mm-hmm. see the death it doesn't seem to happen and then it can easily be rewound and that's mm-hmm. what seems to always kind of happen with like the miriam lass and then getting ahead of ourselves i mean if you've watched this episode you know that freddie Lowndes at the end of this episode is not dead right so it's like further proof that the, this just kind of keeps happening and i mean i thought chilton could have died at the end of the first season but he didn't and then so it, it's kind of like this show kind of starts to have this pattern emerging Mm -hmm. because this also coincides with us not believing that will's an actual killer right like if you don't buy will's a killer then you can't really buy him actually killing freddie Lowndes. right and then we have uh a scene with uh margo uh will and hannibal very awkward scene where where margo basically admits that uh she's she had sex with will on purpose to get pregnant yeah just to get pregnant and it wasn't really any kind of traction towards him yeah it was just so uh, she could have a legitimate heir to the verge of fortune mm-hmm. so that her brother can't cut her out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get the, like I mentioned earlier, we get that really creepy scene where Mason takes the tear from that child. I mean, say what you want about Michael Pitt, but it is a good performance. Oh, I yeah, do like the... absolutely. He's creepy. You want to see him die, right? <laughs> yeah. The one person that seems to believe that Will actually killed Freddie Lowndes is... Alana. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like Alana's character is there to... Be wrong. Yeah, be wrong, right? That's like the terrible thing to say. Because she was wrong about Hannibal the first season. She's wrong Mm -hmm. about Hannibal now. The show's kind of making her seem like she's starting to come to that realization. I think they mishandle Alana's character much longer than like I originally thought. Because this is the end of the second season and like... She's still on the outs, right? She's on the outside looking in, and it's always been that way. And I do like Caroline DeBernis a lot, and, like, I like the character, but, like, she isn't really handled that well by the writing team, I don't think. Yeah. It isn't until, like, next season, which unfortunately is the last, where we get a little more shading to her right i mean to to give her some credit though i mean she is starting to see that this relationship between will and and hannibal isn't the best like she even sees that right Mm -hmm. what she doesn't see of course is that everyone's playing each other right everyone's 
trying something. And that's why they're in these positions, right, that they're in. Will trying to get close to Hannibal and Will still working with Jack. But, you know, like you said, she's on the outside. But to give her credit, she's like recognizing these things and recognizing that this relationship isn't healthy and that there is something going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah. that comes that comes to you know ahead later in the episode we'll talk about that yeah but the important part about this scene I guess is that also Will gives Alana a gun right to protect herself yeah so I just mentioned that Alana's better developed in season three but I forgot that some of you haven't seen it so that doesn't mean that she lives <laughs> <laughs> are you sure are you sure <laughs> doesn't mean that she lives she could be dead in season three and we could still develop her okay <laughs> i forgot that this is we're still trying to keep yeah. things a little spoiler free trying our best to keep spoiler free but we apologize if we can't unless you're like a mirror man you should probably race through the the rest already next we get the mason hannibal session like it's one of their first sessions or not one of the first sessions, mm-hmm. but the first session that we see in this episode. And we definitely see how rude Mason is in every session right. that he has. And you could definitely tell that Hannibal really, really, really wants to kill this guy. All right. So I feel like you can't be the psychiatrist of Margot and also be the psychiatrist for Mason. I feel like that's a conflict of interest, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it seems pretty fucked up. I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, it's one thing to be, like, in therapy together, but I don't know. It feels you're not supposed to do that. I don't know, man. I guess but as a professional, I mean, he's supposed to be able to separate. I guess. Compartmentalize, I guess. But you're right. I don't I don't know if there's, like, a written law against it, but maybe, maybe yeah, you're right. Morally, it's probably not the best option. <laughs> and then we, we get into uh, Freddie Lowndes' funeral, uh, where... I guess Will and Lana are there, and they have this really fun conversation about how it's very common for killers to still seek out their victims after they're dead and, and attend their funerals and visit their family members, and, and that's what it kind of looks like while Will's there, right? He's attending Freddie Lance's funeral. Yeah. But then he says he's there because of its Hannibal suggestion. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was just like a light piece of kind of almost comedy in, in this in this episode, and I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, again, we go back to Will and Hannibal, like, having not just day sessions. They, they're having a night session, right? They're, they're having some drinks. Is this the first mention of Hannibal's sister? No, right? I think he's mentioned her before. I think he's mentioned her before. Misha. Yeah, he mentions her again. Her name is Misha. And he says that Abigail reminded him of a lot of Misha. Um, mm-hmm. And then they get into this kind of really deep conversation about Hannibal, you know, taking away abigail but he doesn't ever really admit it right and i think that's what will is trying to get out of him right 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 he's trying to get some kind of admission but he never can right he kind of talks about it in a way that he never says i did it but then yet he apologizes for taking that away like you know like will talks about his relationship with abigail being very kind of like father daughterly right dreaming about you know her, fishing with her and then Hannibal apologizes for taking that away I think for Will it's pretty much a given that Hannibal killed Abigail yeah because like I mean he didn't do it he knows he was framed for it but I think I mean this is Will wants to get like something out of Hannibal that's almost more of an admission right but he never really does mm-hmm. and maybe maybe you're right though Jeff maybe he's catching on like maybe Will's asking too many questions you know what I mean like I don't know. It could be instances like this. Yeah, it's really hard to say. 
And and it's interesting to see that Abigail's name popping up again, right? Because she's not someone that's been like in the forefront of our minds for like a good ten episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So and this um, is also somebody who you think it would drive a wedge between in in, in this developing relationship between Hannibal and Will, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. this uh, this sort of attempted seduction of Will by Hannibal would be interfered with by Will's thoughts about Abigail, but uh, it doesn't seem to. Um, it's interesting, like you said, Hannibal never really admits it. He says, um, occasionally on purpose I drop a teacup to shatter on the floor. I'm not satisfied when it doesn't gather itself up again. Someday perhaps a cup will come together. Um, so I guess he talks about mm. the impossibility of like entropy and the universe reversing itself and a shattered teacup coming back together and like, you know, that's when Abigail or not be restored. I guess. Yeah. I mean, speaking of teacups, whenever people talk about how nonsensical this show is, they always bring up this teacup. They're really? like, it's all psychobabble mumbo jumbo. And like, <laughs> that's incredibly unfair. I kind of like that's this. incredibly unfair. The teacup makes yeah. perfect sense. I like the, the teacup. teacup. Yeah. The teacup makes a lot of people are like, this teacup nonsense. And I don't, I don't no, think so I at all. I disagree entirely. I like, this is this is one of the things that make more sense. Oh, yeah. I think so there are oh, some yeah. other things that make Absolutely. less sense. I don't think this is one of them. But what doesn't make sense? Is it something something in this yeah. episode you can think of, or that we've already discussed? No, I think like Jillian Anderson. Sometimes you know, like she said in her interview, like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of, some of that stuff, mm-hmm. I think. But like this this teacup uh, metaphor is, I think, quite apt. It's not it's not something to yeah, make fun of. I don't think. I think. Uh, and then we see. Freddie Lowndes' corpse again, <laughs> right? It's been kind of yeah. dug out of her grave and, and propped up with extra arms to kind of represent the deity Shiva. Yeah. Through their conversation, you know, with Jack, and I, th- I think it's Jack, Will, and... and I mean, it, this is, again, one of those conversations where Will and, and Hannibal are kind of talking to each other without talking to each other, right? Right, right, right. Well, we find out that it wasn't Will, right? Because Will had to be the one who did the original throwing the body down the with in the wheelchair, right? Because he he was the one with the body, right? Hannibal didn't know where the body was. I don't. It could have been. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's definitely Will. Yeah, Will would have to have definitely been the one who done mm-hmm. that. But we learned that in this instance, it's Hannibal, right? He digs out the grave and then presents this. Uh, they call it. It's kind of like an item of like courtship, right? Between right. what we know as Will and Hannibal, right? Mm-hmm. That, actually, I don't quite. I, I I don't know. Maybe you guys can explain this better. I didn't quite understand this. Like, why the deity Shiva? Uh, Do you guys remember? Well, I mean, Shiva is like both creator and destroyer in like the Hindu religion, right? So. Right. I guess it's just like Freddy as Shiva is as as the catalyst for Will's like self creation as serial killer. So you know, uh, Shiva's the you know uh, I don't know. I guess that the creation side is the creation of uh, Will as in his new identity as a serial killer. Um, I guess I don't know. Maybe the Destroyer is just the destroyer of the old, destroying that old. I don't know, that old life. Yeah, life. I mean, I think that's that's as good a guess as any. So we think that it's uh, 
Uh, we agree with Alana here that it's actually Hannibal who did this. I think it's Hannibal because even even Will kind of says like, you know, in this like cryptic way, they're kind of talking like that. It wasn't him, right? It wasn't the original person that it was some kind of benefactor, someone who's guiding him. And that's that's Hannibal. Oh, I, I guess I forgot to mention in the last or not the last scene, but the scene with Mason and Hannibal. So Hannibal basically hints to Mason that Margot's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. He says all this stuff about like, oh, having an heir and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but So that basically tips off Mason. And then Mason has this kind of very, or Mason has an encounter with Margo in the barn where they talk about family legacy and Mason wanting a son now. And he keeps saying that, mm-hmm. oh, you look like you're blooming, right? Like, you know, basically when you tell someone like, oh, they're glowing or they're they have like a, like a radiance to them or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Or basically he admits later that he thinks Margot's pregnant or she's going to become pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like that leading down that track of, well, this horrible thing that we've already alluded to that Mason's going to do. And I mean, Mason won't even know this without Hannibal. So like this is more just Hannibal sowing chaos, right? Like, like he 100% knows what he's doing when he's talking to Mason, right? So he has to imagine that Mason's probably going to do something really fucked up, and he does, right? So, in another session with Hannibal, he talks about like he recognizes that there is a loophole, right, in his father's will, and that mm-hmm. he fears that this is the point where he says, like, he fears that Mar- Margot is pregnant or will become pregnant to basically escape mm-hmm. the situation that she's in right now with, with Mason. And then, before we, before we get into the horrible situation, we do have one more scene with Hannibal and Alana. Where mm-hmm. I think the big thing from that was that Hannibal like like starts kissing her hand, and he can smell the gunpowder yeah. on her hand. His crazy sense of smell again. <laughs> I actually thought that was actually a pretty good use of the smell thing because yeah, it's not bad. Like any other show could would, would have just had a scene where like she's like there shooting at a range, right? But this is like yeah. a, a use like a clever use of his what we know Hannibal could do, and then. And just quickly kind of shows us like, oh, okay, she did go take Will's advice. Yeah. Let's get into the big thing that kind of, well, I guess one of the big things. There's there's two big things, I guess, that happen. Margot tries to leave, right? She is definitely freaked out uh, by what Mason was just saying to her. Um, and she tries to leave. She packs up, takes a car, tries to leave. And good for her for not sticking around, right? She not doesn't do like the stupid thing of like, oh, well, maybe Mason will like, I don't know, get better, or like he doesn't, he's not actually threatening me. She's like, no, holy shit, this is a threatening to go immediately, and so she she jumps right on it, and she's very proactive about it, and unfortunately, it's just not fast enough. She's she's smart, yeah, yeah, she's very smart. Uh, and then we find out the person that was driving the other car is Mason's right hand man, that, that Italian fellow that he, he we've seen in the last mm-hmm. couple episodes. Carlo. Carlo, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. it cuts to Margot waking up in an operating room, and Mason's mm-hmm. already there. And I, li- I like the line that he says. He says he must remove like her temptation, right? And then and he tells her basically that he's going to take her reproductive organs, right? So there's no way that mm-hmm. he's gonna, she's ever going to be able to bear a child. It's so fucked up. Yeah, I love the use of the the atmosphere in this scene. The like all the people are wearing these like bright red scrubs yeah it's a it's actually a reference to david cronenberg's uh dead ringers mm. i don't know if you've ever no i haven't seen that movie that's with uh, jeremy irons where he plays twin gynecologists so 
very very apt reference here uh and they have like a very very similar scene they're all wearing red um during like a procedure so definitely an overt reference to to that movie great movie by the way if you guys have never seen dead ringers um i thought this scene was very striking to me especially with the like i said the use of all the red oh where does uh mason get this doctor who's willing Dude, to there are perform. a lot of fucked up doctors in this show between hannibal and uh yeah, Amir, Dr. how much would I have to pay? And, no, it's kidding. I know, right? <laughs> like Hannibal and Dr. Sutcliffe and uh, Dr. Chilton. Now this guy, this show is not exactly a great advertisement for the like morality and uh, like ethical probity of the medical profession. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, is there a single doctor on this show that upholds the Hippocratic Oath? I guess, I guess not. Maybe, Maybe Alana. Alana. I was going to yeah. say Alana. Uh, we get the, I guess the other big, reveal in this episode is that alana uh, confronts jack again giving her credit she kind of sees it all right she she's accusing everyone of lying right she knows that jack's lying she knows that hannibal's lying she knows that will's lying right she doesn't know about what per se Mm -hmm. but she definitely is like she's breaking down at this point you do feel bad for Mm -hmm. her it's a good performance here um it's not that alana isn't given the material it's just that she's always being played for a fool. And I think that doesn't do the character any favors, maybe. She's not always painted in the most favorable light, even when she's, like, the victim and when she's confused. So, like, I don't know. It's a very muddled portrayal that, I don't know, I think doesn't improve until later, when she could be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Posthumous characterization. So what is it that... I guess we talked about it earlier already, but like, what is it at this point that Jack knows that she does not? Well, we can finish the scene out. Jack knows that Freddie Lowndes is still alive. Right, right? yeah, as the major thing. Right, yeah, exactly. So he's already working with Will. I think he also knows about Randall Tear. Yes. Well, that's, I mean, getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. That's not revealed until right. next episode, but yes. Mm, well, we're going to all talk right. about it together. But yes, he also knows about Randall Tear, right? Yeah. So it does seem like Will isn't hiding anything from him, right? Not like when he was working with Beverly or trying to do it on his own. It does seem like Will and Jack are a team on this. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so Alana's definitely in the dark here. She's given been given all these reasons to be suspicious of Will, which of course aren't actually really true. Um, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so she confronts Jack and is like, "So do you actually believe these things about Will?" Do you believe that Chilton's actually the Chesapeake Ripper? And, uh, of course, Jack admits no. And he shows her the evidence. Uh, Freddie Lounge is like, how's my funeral? Yeah, great line. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a, such a Freddie Lounge line, too. But, yeah, th- this was, quote, unquote, a big reveal, right? Like, Freddie Lounge is not dead. All the pieces are falling in place, right? Like, Will is playing, trying to play Hannibal, and Jack and Will are working together. Right. And I do like, the uh, before we get to the Freddie Lowndes thing, I mean, Alana does kind of admit that she is also starting to have doubts about Hannibal, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a kind of a big admission for her, too. So, we talked about this last episode, uh, the last two episodes, but, like, what makes Jack still doubt uh, Hannibal's innocence and therefore, like, Chilton's guilt? Because last episode I said that it was just because of will's accusations because now that we know that will's innocent his words have way more weight has that changed 
in this last episode to give Jack even more evidence of Hannibal's guilt? Not really, right? In my mind, it's just that if Jack's all in already on this, right, knowing that Will is trying to bait Hannibal, like he doesn't need any more evidence, mm-hmm. right? He he is convinced and he wants to try to catch Hannibal. Right. Yeah, there's, there's like no room for doubt at this point. He's already all in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think anything's changed so much. Maybe this tableau makes you think like, oh, well, even if you did think Will was the killer, then he must have a mentor. Who is that mentor? Hannibal. So, well, I guess it doesn't have to be Hannibal. It could be someone else, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the evidence has changed specifically. And it is sometimes a little hard to keep track exactly, like, who exactly knows what, when, and why they believe what they believe, right? It does get a little tricky. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, I think this is just um, Jack going with his gut this time. Like, he never really believed it about Will or shouldn't have. And uh, now he's like, I'm not going to make the same mistake again of disbelieving Will. Hannibal and Will do visit Margot and, and find out what happens to Margot. But then Will confronts Mason, right, in his barn. Mm-hmm. And he's not there to kill Mason because he realizes that's exactly what Hannibal wants. But mm-hmm. instead is there to basically enlighten Mason that all of what's happened is because of Hannibal. Right. You know, Margot deciding to have a child with Will is his influence, right? Mason taking that child away from Margot is his his is Hannibal's influence. Uh, Will having this urge to want to kill Mason is you know is because of you know Hannibal's influence. I think it's interesting that this is kind of the button to this episode, right? Because I can imagine like week by week, like oh, what's going to happen is are like Mason and Will now going to team up. Like, what's going to happen? Is it is like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing? I think I think that's exactly what it is, right? Because why go through all this trouble of like trying to catch Hannibal if like you can just sick Mason on him, right? Um, and I think this is like I don't know if it's like a backup plan, but like you throw everything you can at your problem to try and solve it, right? Even if it's kind of a dirty play, right? So yeah, it's it's interesting. We're at the end of this episode, but let's get right into the, the next episode, right? Episode 12. Tomewan? Is that how you pronounce it? Tomewan? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this episode starts with Hannibal and Will, and they're kind of having their conversation. Hannibal wants Will to kind of imagine, like, what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And what we see is that Hannibal's kind of strung up, right? He's just incapacitated, and Will just slits his throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Mason's barn. Uh, Will loves imagining killing Hannibal this season. It was like yeah. the second time he's done this. At least. Right? I mean, is this is yeah. this meant to kind of throw us off too? Like is because the ultimate thing would be to catch Hannibal, not kill Hannibal, right? Because I mean that's he's still like a technically a, you know, on the side of the law, right? Especially if he's working with Jack. You know, it's not to kill Hannibal, but to catch Hannibal. But is this showing that part of him is maybe becoming that person maybe ultimately that's what it's leading to is the death of hannibal i think will is very confused as to what he wants we can't discount the fact that he is somewhat still being seduced into like killing people right like he definitely feels the pleasure and like the catharsis of killing people that's not like a question right because like that allure is there for him but he does also want hannibal to face justice and 
and pay for all the things that he's done, right? So, I mean, there is that push and pull here. And I think that's part of, like, Will and Hannibal's arc. Like, that goes all the way from the beginning of the mm-hmm. series to the yeah. end, right? So... Yeah, it's interesting to to see how this is going to play out. Uh, we get to, uh, another session with Mason and Hannibal, and I love it because this is like this is the point where you're just like Han- you know Hannibal wants to kill this dude so bad because he he takes out his father's <laughs> knife and he's just poking holes all over Hannibal's furniture. Right, really the, his nice furniture. Yo, I would be so mad, <laughs> especially if I'm someone with like. The taste of Hannibal, like, and his furniture, like, you know that shit's expensive. Yeah. And it's like, send me the bill. It's like, well, what if he likes this piece? You can't just, like... Yeah, what if it's, like, one of a kind? What a dick. Something's gonna happen to him. Something's gonna happen Something. to him. Something. I can just feel it. Something does happen <laughs> to him, so... And then we get all cards on the table, right? We alluded to this scene already. Jack and Will are talking, and... This is where it's all laid out. We we know that Jack knows everything that Will did, right? About he even knows that the tableau of uh, the tableau about Randall Tear, right? Mm-hmm. He knows that Will disembodied this person and killed this person in self defense, of course. Mm-hmm. And they kind of lay out their plan, right? Will tells Jack, like, I can get Cannibal to try to kill Mason, and I'll be there to witness, mm-hmm. and that's how we're gonna get him, right? So I have to ask you guys. So when he says this, did your red flags went up like, oh, okay, so that's not going to happen, right? Oh, 100%. The second anyone just lays out their plans, I feel like, in this it's show. It's never going like, to go according to that plan. It's Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like how the scene ends because Jack says like, oh, he's also a good fisherman. And it leads to our next scene mm-hmm. where we see Gillian Anderson's Bedelia back, right? So when we last saw Bedelia, she ran because she knew who Hannibal was and what Hannibal was going to do to her. Mm-hmm. And she very smartly ran. Like as Mir pointed out last week, uh, Amargo was unlucky where Bedelia technically was lucky, right? She ran in time to avoid being killed by Hannibal. Just in the nick of time because uh, Hannibal shows up in his plastic murder suit just after she leaves. Much like, so. much like Freddy as well. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I guess Freddie's lucky too. It's just, I guess half the people, you know, Beverly was not lucky and, and uh, Margo was not lucky. But. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie's very, very lucky. <laughs> yeah. So now, now we got Bedelia back, which is great. Like, I've kind of, I've definitely missed her, mm-hmm. right? This last, I don't know how many episodes she's been gone. She's just such a presence on the show. Yeah. But it, it's a lot of, you know, giving her, Immunity so that she can confess to whatever she knows about Hannibal. Because mm-hmm. Jack has a hunch. Like, Jack's like, you know something about Hannibal. I want to know it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, she really doesn't know anything, right? Because we've seen her sessions with Hannibal. And she's actually never seen anyone killed by Hannibal. So she really has no information to provide other than just kind of like analysis on Hannibal. Yeah, right? and she's like, well, we... Shared a patient, and then that patient tried to kill me, and then I killed him. Uh, thanks, Bedelia. You didn't give us anything. Well, right? she does um, add that, I mean, we didn't really know previously that she actually murders the guy I've always suspected, right? And then she also right, right, does right, make right, it exactly. clear. That is new she information. She also does make it clear that this is Hannibal's manipulation, which drove her to it, and that she probably wouldn't have done this without his manipulation, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that this is the same thing he's done to Will. Um 
with uh, Randall Tier. Right, right. So yeah, but she doesn't add. Uh, mm-hmm. She doesn't add a ton. She doesn't have any like explicit knowledge of Hannibal's murders or anything, right? And I always had the question of exactly how much does she know because she's this mysterious character throughout the show. You're like, I don't know how much she knows about Hannibal. She's obviously suspicious of him somewhat, but she doesn't seem to really know what's going on. Is she working with him? Like, what's going on? And I guess now she's laid her cards bare and, uh, you know, she knows about his manipulation and she probably suspects his serial killing, but not not enough to be able to prove anything. Yeah. And then we get, I really like this scene between Hannibal and Will Mm -hmm. and they're talking about, well, what they're going to do with Mason. Right. And Hannibal starts talking about it, it's funny, the 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 kind of the writing in this is really interesting because he, you know, Jack and Will have talked a lot about fishing, right? We've seen this fishing analogy mm-hmm. a lot. But Hannibal specifically in, in his dialogue is using the word hunting. Right. So I, I think it's funny that, you know, he wants them to hunt together. And then Will recognizes that, you know, Hannibal is trying to create this codependence between him and Hannibal. Mm-hmm. The same kind of codependence he created with Abigail and Hannibal, right? Where Abigail was manipulated to kill mm-hmm. and then needed Hannibal's help in much the same way. Will recognizes that's kind of what Hannibal's trying to do to him. Right. Is that um, if they kill together, then, you know, he's got blood on his hands and, you know, Hannibal's the only one that's going to be able to help him out. It's interesting that their conversations are very... Very blunt at times, right? They don't – I find it interesting that they don't quite – I mean, they, they are hiding things from each other clearly. Mm-hmm. But he even says outright, like, you or you as in Hannibal alienated all of my friends around me, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's calling out Hannibal. And I don't know. Do you guys find that interesting that, like, in any kind of other relationship you call each other out like that, it's like it, – it's – motivation to maybe turn on each other or not be friends but like they have a very almost truthful relationship with each other i think he almost has to do that because um for hannibal to buy his turn to serial killing he can't just be like oh hannibal you're a serial killer and now you're you're my best friend we never argue about anything even though like hannibal he even though will does know that hannibal's done all these terrible things to him so like you can't just pretend like you guys are you guys are best friends, right? You have to like you have to like put on the act of like being unwillingly seduced while still holding on to some of the animosity that you used to have for Hannibal, right? So like I think it's part of the act. And I feel like if he didn't do this, Hannibal would like he would be onto him in no time, right? So um I think that's that's part of it. I mean the other flip side of it is that a Hannibal wants someone with whom he can have that honest relationship like you know they don't right he's that's something that he's looking for right you know he can never outright come out and explicitly say i kill people you kill people let's kill people together right because that's evidence for the fbi right He, he cannot explicitly ever say that but that's what he's saying and he's building will into that person he can do this with and uh Mm -hmm. um And yeah, Hannibal wants to build yeah. a relationship with someone with whom he can be honest. And, uh, you know, Will even says it earlier in the season. He says, you know, don't lie to me, Dr. Lecter. You can like lie by omission, but don't like lie to my face. Right. And so mm-hmm. 
it's almost as if Willis sort of already accepted this piece of Hannibal. Um, and I think that's what, that's what Hannibal wants. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And then we get a scene with, um, Hannibal and Jack enjoying this Ukrainian dish, the holodits. I think we talk a lot about how like the kill of the week really kind of relates back to our story. Mm-hmm. Right. And we admire those moments. I really admire this moment because it kind of does the same thing, right? Like this dish that he's created really kind of relates to the situation we're in at this moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's this scene of like fish, uh, you know, fish chasing fish, like frozen in this kind of gelatin. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, you know, Jack calls it the eternal chase, right? Where Hannibal describes it, you, you know, you can't determine who's chasing who. Mm-hmm. And that's perf- perfect kind of like, metaphor for the situation we're in right like is will really on jack's side like are will and and jack you know really working together to chase hannibal how much does hannibal know is is hannibal leading them on and like chasing them right in a sense well i mean this goes back to what bedelia told jack right it's like she says that hannibal's in total control right like if if you jack thinks that you're in control it's only because hannibal's allowing it right so this Mm -hmm. this is a perfect metaphor for for that and and uh this, the food on the show always looks really really good but this looks fucking disgusting i would never eat fish um suspended in gelatin that sounds gross <laughs> i just notice it's like it's a lot of gelatin <laughs> like can you imagine can you imagine how that smells big ass i was like to throw up just thinking about that i can imagine actually it not smelling until you you slice it right because then maybe the gelatin's oh, like God. holding all that even, smell in and then when you slice the it, worst. it just oh. <laughs> You're right. This this may be the dish that, most of all, I probably wouldn't want. To I'll eat. eat like Gideon's leg over this <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, I already said that. I think that was the one like I would want to eat the most is Gideon's. Hell, leg, I'll, so. I'll eat some long pig. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but real fish suspended in Jello? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah th- this episode's crazy right because that now we're getting into like the the good stuff right we we get the scene like mason shows up at will's house basically he's like escorts him into his limo quickly goes to a scene where hannibal's like working in his office and carlo comes to the front door and then we see like a shadowy figure behind him and they are trying to take hannibal and hannibal fights back he kills one of them he slices open the dude's leg his femoral artery with like a scalpel right it was pretty badass it was pretty badass yeah it was a pretty cool scene because he, he he initially takes all three out but then yeah, the, of course one of them has and a the, the henchman is like the guy's brother right is, is, is carlo's brother mateo? yeah mateo yeah see you mateo Ciao. <laughs> yeah i love it when he like pulls it out and all this blood is coming out and the hannibal's just like you really shouldn't have done that <laughs> he's such a dick all right i gotta ask you amir like what's the way to you just leave it in until you go to the hospital like how is that actually stopping all the blood from coming out i guess you i mean i guess we don't do what he did <laughs> i mean there's times where you you where you'd want to like uh, just compress it and put like put like pressure on it or whatever yeah but um yeah you have to know like tear it out so that it can like gush blood that seems like a terrible idea because <laughs> i mean i guess the idea is when you pull it out you're cutting even more right i guess yeah so we end up in mason's barn mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because will has this dream 
in the beginning of the episode that looks exactly like this. Yeah, it's very similar. It's very similar, right? He's even like almost hung up in the same whatever straitjacket thing that he's hung up in. And so it's like, oh, this is his moment. Is he finally going to do it? Is he actually going to kill Hannibal? And then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, 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 sorry, should we let the audience know that, you know, Mason kidnaps Hannibal, right? And captures Hannibal. But he kind of what we were saying la- about last episode, like he's in a sense kind of working with Will, right? He invites Will to the situation, gives Will the knife to do what he needs to do to kill Hannibal. Mm-hmm. But of course, Will decides not to and sets Hannibal free. In the process, Will gets knocked out, and then when Will wakes up, all he sees is blood everywhere. He raises up the pulley, and then poor Carlo is going to meet his brother wherever <laughs> his brother is at the moment because he's been eaten alive. I don't know, maybe not eaten alive, but he's been eaten by the pigs. And then Will's like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to go home, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he does, he finds that uh, Mason's there. He's been drugged by Hannibal. Mm-hmm by uh, some kind of psychedelic that's inhaled through a, a mask. But then this is where Will kind of enters the scene, right? And then he's very suspicious because he walks in and he hears Mason. And I love the lighting in this in this scene. Well, the lighting is for a reason because the fucking yeah. standards and practices are going to be all up your ass if you properly light that scene, right? Um, yeah. But I also... I like the lighting on his. I do like the lighting. Dogs. Yeah, yeah I do like. Well, like on lighting. his dogs, mm-hmm. right? Because like you could tell his, do- you could hear his dogs are eating something. You see them eating it, eating something, and then like how the light moves in the scene, it's like all of a sudden it reveals that one of his dogs is like bloody, mm-hmm. right? Like his fur is all bloody, and then what Mason is holding in his hand is like completely bloody. Mm-hmm. And then we start to see it, right? We see more and more. We realize what's happening is that Mason is. Cutting pieces of his face off to feed Will's dogs. This was the thing, I think, for me, that was one of the hardest things to watch. Even though, like, you're right. Like, the lighting is meant so that you can't see it all. This is is some nasty gore. It's pretty pretty gross. Like, it's so effective where I was just like, oh, man, this is... Like, even the second time watching this, I was like, dude, this is so hard to watch. (laughs) This is really hard to watch. Uh... Like, even with this lighting, I don't know how... I mean, we say this every week. I don't know how they got away <laughs> with this on on NBC at 10 p.m., right? I mean, uh, it's disgusting. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Ramsey Bolton's death on Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that was HBO, yeah, so... That was, that was HBO. I feel like this was still more gore than Closer, that yeah, yeah. absolutely oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah yeah you see more way more horrible yeah way more horrible so do you have to put down those dogs now because they've got like a taste for human flesh or <laughs> I don't is know. that something I you no do idea. is that or is that like or is that like wild idea. cats in the in the zoo i don't think you do that yeah, to that dogs like, right you know what know. i have a friend that's a vet i'll ask yes them. ask them <laughs> <laughs> and report back because yeah like do these dogs have a taste for human flesh now, yeah. right? And then, like, Mason says he's hungry, and, like, Hannibal's like, well, eat your nose. And then, like, straight up cuts his nose off and eats it. And it's just like, can this get any worse? Mm-hmm. Like, Well, uh, yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> because then uh, Hannibal's like, so what should we do with him? And uh, Will's just like, I don't know, he's your patient, do what's best for him. And so Hannibal breaks Mason's neck without killing him. 
Yeah, I feel like he should just kill them, but I guess. Uh, I think that was the point. He wanted yeah. he wanted to keep him alive so that uh, Margot can uh, can get her, her fortune. Yeah, to get her fortune, right? Oh, I see. That makes sense. So this isn't Hannibal realizing that Will's trying to play him. No, I don't think so. It's because he's considered a Margot. No. Not really. I Who think knows? Also, Who knows? I think, I think he's also just being like a sadist. Like I think it's it's crueler almost to leave Mason alive in this state than to kill him. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. He makes a decision somewhat arbitrarily, just like what he thinks might be fun. Yeah, it's like ooh, I've never seen someone with a fucked up face live before. Let me uh, <laughs> let him just live and um. Maybe I'll break his neck, too, so he can't even fucking move. <laughs> so, who knows? Because, honestly, I didn't actually think of the Margot thing until you guys have said it right now. I always thought it was, like, he's kind of... I think that might be catching on. part of the consideration of uh, keeping Marco's uh, claim to the inheritance alive. Okay. Yeah, because the next thing we see is that Jack visits Mason. That's how we know that Mason's still alive, mm-hmm. right? He's He's... He's in his uh, bed, hospital bed, or well, it's not really a hospital bed because he's not in hospital. But yeah, he he's alive, but he doesn't blame any of it on Hannibal or Will. Yeah, I wonder why. I, I mean, I think he's a person that wants to get his own revenge, right? Rather than and that's than true. Admit that. That's a good point. No, he definitely blames him. He just wants to. Yeah, he just wants to do it himself. There's no. He definitely. Yeah. Is, like, yeah. Hundred uh, percent honed in on wanting to kill Hannibal. He just you know doesn't want the FBI to know that. Hmm. The uh, episode ends with Will and, and Hannibal talking, and, and Will kind of basically tells Hannibal, like, well, if we're coming to the end game, like, maybe, maybe it's time for you to finally reveal who you are to Jack, right? Reveal yourself as a Chesapeake Ripper. And and Jack and Hannibal does say, like, oh, Jack Jack is my friend. Maybe, maybe I owe him the truth. And that's kind of how we end this episode. Right. Like it's interesting. Uh, one, he he actually does call Jack his friend, <laughs> even though we question that every time he fucks a Jack. <laughs> but yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a good tease for next episode, right? I mean, because we know like this is coming to a head with the fight of Jack versus Hannibal, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's only one episode left, so uh, of this season, so we'll find out where that <laughs> fight takes place. Unless that's unless that's a season three opener, like. <laughs> Which I really, you know, that would that would scream. season three opener where Alana <laughs> could be alive or dead. <laughs> Schrodinger's Alana, that's what it is. I mean, if he really does reveal himself, it will set up definitely a confrontation between them. Yeah, two. I mean, Will Will tells Hannibal that what they're doing is they can't sustain it, right? So they're going to get caught. So they need to do something. Um, and but I don't understand why. Hannibal's like, oh, I guess we should just tell Jack. I mean, like, in whatever fucked up way it is. Well, it's, it's Will's suggestion, right, to Hannibal. But Hannibal's, like, thinking about it. It's like, oh, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe we should tell him the truth. Like, I owe him the truth. Or, you know, they could stop killing? Question mark? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 also, no, no, no. Hannibal's um, innermost desire is to be, like, revealed and known and, like, I don't know, accepted or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think Will telling him to do this is a trap, but, a te- but it's also like a temptation, knowing what motivates Hannibal. Right. So, right. right. Um, it's not just like a 
whimsical suggestion. It's like, this is something that he thinks, because obviously Hannibal loves the drama and like the tableau and all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, I think this is playing onto that aspect of his personality, uh, really well. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, like, like I said, these, I, I've really enjoyed both these episodes immensely. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a great way. Like, usually the episode, like, before a finale is usually kind of like just set up for the finale, but I feel like there was, there was a lot going on here that really, like, of course, yeah, sets up for what's going to happen next episode, but then also, like, in its own right is, is a great standalone episode that I, I really, I think, uh, I think the new standard is actually having the penultimate episode be like the big episode where all the things happen, and then the finale. Well, that like, was like a Game of Thrones yeah, thing, right? Thrones also, that, right? I think I feel like Breaking Bad did that too. Oh, did Breaking Ooh, Bad do that? Yeah. No, I'm like, I, I yeah, I guess that's true. No, but you're right. That is that has become a new standard. Like I don't know if the thing is, was, is this old enough for that? That part, was part of that shift. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that like that mold was broken because typically that's what happens, right? Like episode nine was this, or not episode nine, but like the penultimate episode was usually a little slow or just establishing what's going to happen in the finale. And yeah, also Derek, this is a pop culture TV podcast. We don't admit that you've never seen Breaking <laughs> Bad on the podcast. That's a no no. You know, too bad. That, right? Too bad. I've never seen. Break- Actually, I have seen Breaking Bad the first season, uh, but uh, I didn't stick with it. So. That's even, <laughs> yeah, that's even worse. That's even worse. But uh, if that's if, that, if nothing else, I think that will conclude this week's episode, right? Yeah. Dude, how are we going to end on you not having seen Breaking Bad? What? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. All right. That's just that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess that's it. All right. Well, yeah. I think that's <laughs> it. I guess we're going to see uh, how things wrap up in the final episode next week. Yeah, and then we'll do also like just a. Quick kind of season end wrap up and everything. Yeah, because it's only one episode. Like we did with the first mm-hmm. season. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, where can people find your work? Uh, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. Also, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Strange Harbors. Uh, right now, I'm covering the Toronto International Film Festival. So, I actually have a screening to go to right now. I will be covering that festival, and you can read all of my coverage on my blog. You can find me, Derek, at the wrong day, Dick spelled D-A-Y-I-K. And that's for Instagram and Twitter. You also can find me on my other podcasts. We, I do another podcast called Geeks in a Pod, where me and some friends uh, talk about just just random kind of geek topics like movies, television, games, etc. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast platforms. If you are listening to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. And uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, the email line is always open at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like receiving fan emails. We sometimes read them on the podcast, so shoot them our way. Uh, We will be back next episode uh, with the season finale of Hannibal season two. So we will see you guys next week. See you next week. See you guys then.